We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. Any last things before I go? Fuck you, Terry. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to yep. leave that in, too. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Cave Trolls, our maiden voyage. Thank you for coming. My name is Terry Smith. I'll be your faithful host. And I have these two schmucks with me, the feminist fact checkers, twice as smart as me, but, you know, without all of the charisma. So uh, with me today, I have Charday. Okay, first off, how dare you charisma is <laughs> my highest stat, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> listen if you're gonna insult me the first thing you're it's gonna come back if you say fuck you i can't just let it lie this isn't you know nbc i gotta come with the fire that's what the kids come for yeah but now it just looks like you're attacking me and you know i'm gonna get the sympathy vote so it's, it's you're fine. definitely gonna get the sympathy vote this does not come <laughs> off well um <laughs> it's a great way to start the first episode like i said the maiden voyage we'll get to what the show is but in a minute first i have to introduce our other co-host lissa how are you doing today i am drinking tea so i'm good <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar right <laughs> you got you have your tea you're good to go i feel like that's not all europeans however since you are the representative for this podcast, <laughs> for all of the EU. Um, for all the EU. <laughs> uh, so it's, just know, if you're talking to a European, if they have tea, they're good. That's a fact. Right now, we can establish Yeah, representing that. the whole of Europe. If you have tea, you're good. Exactly. I will say, you were like, hey, I'm making tea before the podcast, as I was drinking my coffee, and I was like, damn, Europeans, they're tea. I mean, same. I have, like, just a gigantic mug of coffee right next to me. I'm tempted to get a second one. Let's just pause this show and get some good old Java. Yeah, coffee is better than tea, full stuff. Like, this is a fact. <laughs> I mean, um, I agree, except when I make it. So, therefore, I will go somewhere <laughs> to pay people to make me coffee. Do you make yourself an Americano? Or do you do, like, an espresso drip? What do you do? Yeah, how do you take your coffee? So, I take my coffee with a lot of milk because I already have health issues and don't need to be more... Don't need more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine is a drug. That, that's a fact. It is. Yep. So, yeah, I, I take with mine with just a little bit of espresso just for the kick and then a whole lot of milk to cancel everything out. That's how I <laughs> like to picture it. Can I just say that was such a Western take on, on how to introduce it to Shar? You're like, how do you take your coffee? Maybe we should be giving coffee. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't even ask. We yeah. should just give them coffee to show up. <laughs> Because I also, the thing is, I drink coffee just like Lissa does. So, like, I, I don't drink black coffee. I think it's disgusting. I which only drink my whole black family. coffee. Yeah, no, everybody I know in my whole family, a bunch of my friends, like, everybody drinks black coffee. And I, ever since, like, I started drinking coffee when I was, like, <clears throat> 11 or 12. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had um, a, a single black coffee <laughs> at least since I was 11 years old every day. Yeah, so 11 or 12, I I mean, I've always had creamer in my coffee, which it does not exist in Europe. Fun fact, creamer, flavored creamer does not exist in Europe. It's just milk and sugar and maybe syrup if you're lucky. Um, you can use those things to make creamer. <laughs> you can, yeah. No, I, I figured out pretty quickly how to make my own creamer, but like for the first couple of weeks, I'm like, how the fuck? do I do this <laughs> like where it's just so much easier to have like a mug of caramel macchiato creamer 
and just splash that in your coffee instead of you had to get to get the milk and the sugar and like I use dessert syrup so and then mix it all together like it's just so much more it tastes good but it's so much more effort <laughs> I uh I, I showed my that in your coffee <laughs> <laughs> I showed my children how to make frosting and I used heavy whipping cream and I used um it was like a caramel delight it was like a coffee creamer uh and mm -hmm. my kids go isn't that what mom puts in her coffee every morning I go oh yeah yeah that's why uh eventually mom <laughs> her arteries will clog and that was a mistake don't tell a four-year-old that um don't but, do that <laughs> but trying to point out to my wife that she basically just puts frosting in her coffee every morning uh, also well, yeah. losing battle absolutely it's how me and your wife first bonded was like how we took our coffee was you know just mostly creamer and then coffee you mean exactly. the basic bitch way <laughs> yeah the basic bitch way. absolutely 100 percent. yes <laughs> uh, on top of telling people how we take our coffee you know what else we should do Hmm. We should tell them what the fuck this show is. Oh, probably. <laughs> we're only we're only eight minutes into this, so. Um, good. That's that's an exaggeration. I started recording before we actually started introducing the show, but still, these people are going. What is happening? So I'm going to answer a few questions. Who are we? What is this show? Why is this show? Why is we? Uh, all very important things to get into. So first, what is the cave trolls? I will let you two speak while I try to make up an answer. Oh, great. Well, I will also try to make up an answer, but I have better improv skills than Terry does, apparently. That, that is so extremely, <laughs> extremely not true. This is a, definitely a yes and moment, I'm, but I'm just preempting it. Sure, sure. That's just what you want the audience to think. I, want, really to, I want to prop up my co-host, and as a straight mm -hmm. white man, I feel like it's <laughs> my duty to listen. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Accurate, but fuck off. Um, <laughs> Cave Trolls is a show about where we talk about D&D &D stuff and be nerds and also another nerdy stuff. <laughs> See how eloquent that was? It was, it was really good. <laughs> I think you did a wonderful job. Thanks. Alyssa, uh, <laughs> do you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> um, I believe when we talked about starting another show, we said something along the lines of a more informal podcast compared to well what we do check mark very structured uh, chatting check. chatting shit kind of show where we talk about D, D and handle D, D related issues can i you? just say chatting shit is the most european thing you've said to me all day chatting past, shit past is, making yeah. tea <laughs> <laughs> okay so just to make you two feel bad i record i recorded i uh i wrote down a prepared statement to describe what the show is you didn't tell <laughs> us to do that again throwing us under the bus look at this crap i gave you the run of show i even gave you those four bullet points who are we uh -huh. what is the show why is the show why is we i said answer those four questions damn it no you didn't you said <laughs> here, the, here, the, here, the <laughs> you said here is what we're gonna do and then we turn up. <laughs> you didn't give us homework. You just had to look this over. <laughs> so, who are we? First off, let's talk about why you might know any of us at all. First up, the people that you're actually here to hear about, not this guy. Uh, the Slovenly Trolls, our other D&D podcast mm -hmm. on this network. Probably the thing that people are most familiar with, especially for you two. Uh, Well-researched awesome feminist D, D descriptive podcast monthly though right that's monthly, the issue yeah. people gotta wait a goddamn <laughs> month 
to get your awesome <laughs> content and man are they vocal about it <laughs> we're sorry yeah people are like oh man it's good it's good i'd like more please they're sitting there like a little Dickensian orphan saying, please, sir, can I have some more podcasts? And you're just going, no, never. Nope. Ha ha. Nope. And then you kick them into the street and they get run over by a horse and buggy. Um, That's absolutely what happens. Yes. So I've come to save the people. I said, hey, look, you two, if I host the show, we make it a little bit easier to do and I will edit it. Can we do a weekly podcast? And luckily you said, yes. Give the people what they want. Here's some more scraps. I guess we can fit it into our very busy schedules. Uh, <laughs> I had my people call your people, and we were able to figure it out. So the idea behind this show, that's who we are. I also host some other podcasts. You don't give a shit about me, let's be honest. Uh, I host Right in the Fields on this podcast network, Nostalgia, Nerdy Stuff. We talk a lot about Digimon and Pokemon cards. Everyone loves that, right? You want to hear uh, a middle-aged guy talk about Power Rangers, I'm your guy. Uh, <laughs> but also, little-known fact is I've been a GM for over a decade, and I play D&D with Char. I've never had the pleasure of playing with Lissa, probably on purpose, uh, because I'm an uncultured <laughs> swine from America, so that's not going to happen. Um, but I also am the DM in one of Sharday's games, so I do know some things about D&D. So I promise it won't be just you two teaching me about Dungeons and Dragons. We should still like woman-splain. I would love it. I think though. also, I think, that, again, I mentioned my duty before. I feel like it's only fair for, to, to let you two <laughs> woman-splain some things to me. Also, probably necessary, too, you know? I and, think so. <laughs> it usually I, is. Because I was about to say, the way you introduced how um, you brought this show on. <laughs> 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 Gave me a picture of this like knight in shining armor, <laughs> bringing justice to the people who want more content. That's very unfeminist of you. I, I also I said I was a straight white man. Is that not accurate? Is that not what I that thought that was my accurate, role here? So that's why I'm angry. <laughs> He's leaning into it, just leaning into his role. Exactly, well. exactly. It's just like how I play the corporate overlord, even though we are all equal share owners of this company. Right, exactly. Somebody's got to do it, and you are it. No, Congrats. but you two definitely, you were like, I want to make more content. We want to find a way to do it. What else can we do? And you specifically were like, hey, maybe if it's a little bit more evergreen, a little bit easier to do, some more topical content, and also a little bit um, less formal, we would definitely <laughs> be interested. So that's when we came up with the pitch for this show. It wasn't all me. I'd say maybe 13% me. Um, that's I didn't carry the one, so that could be incorrect. But um, that's just some quick I armchair math. math so. Oh, neither can I. I made up that number. Was that not evident? <laughs> Did you just say it with such gusto? I uh, that, again, straight white man. That's my, uh, that's my that's superpower. That's true. The audacity. That's my the secret audacity. cap. I'm always confident. <laughs> 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 my life is on easy mode, and uh, <laughs> I'm aware of it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly so who are we that answers that question what is this show well we kind of answered that a little bit we're gonna go over the news for D D and other rpgs we're gonna have a topic of the show every week and then finally we're gonna tell you some stories from our tables our gaming exploits maybe some other things slipped in there you know char sometimes reads books maybe we'll get her to talk about something lissa refuses to read our books that we recommend
recommend. So we'll see what other European <laughs> stuff she's reading, I guess. Um, I read books, but I mostly make it up. Uh, sometimes they're upside down. A lot are written by Dr. Seuss, so I'll have some stuff to share there. Um, Cat in the Hat, Hot riveting. D&D hot takes on dr seuss <laughs> uh listen i would love to run a uh, dr seuss game just now that we're saying it I'm it's throwing just it out there. all the fey wild terry it's it, just all the fey wild i gotta come up with some more rhymes though i think if i can do that we can definitely make that happen okay so the next bullet point i have here is why is this show well we told you and also because you know we're all white <laughs> and we have to have podcasts i'm pretty sure that's a rule right yeah yeah, it's when you're white and of a certain age, I think is the tweet I saw. <laughs> like if you're yeah. within the age range of like yeah, I think, I think it was, was it thirty? Was it forty? It was like thirty to forty. And I'm just like, Well, what about twenty seven to thirty <laughs> one? Like, that's our range ish. That's where we <laughs> like, fall into. Um yeah. I do have two kids. They each age you at least a decade up, so I'm I'm pretty close to done uh so i thought maybe i should get my my old white man uh voice out there on the internet while i still can before it just sounds Mm -hmm. like a grandpa yelling at the wind which is already it's probably already happening to be honest but i figured i have a few extra years um trying to capitalize on the whole joe rogan crowd i think uh um (laughs) i think i can get it on there i think a spotify deal is in our near future we just all need to learn how to hunt Mm -hmm um mm-hmm. work out a little bit more hgh is definitely in our future i think yeah um, we just definitely need to just pump out vaccine misinformation yes and we'll be yes definitely that also also if we can sell some vitamins somewhere in here i think that would be great <laughs> um lissa you could probably mm-hmm. help us with that right vitamins big thing in europe <laughs> what <laughs> big thing in america yeah, it's a huge, huge, disgusting thing in America. <laughs> Nobody we have, who like, needs big... vitamins uh, takes vitamins here, and everyone who doesn't need to take vitamins takes a lot of them and buys them from really unreputable sources. And like, bit like supplements are also a big thing here. Just like <laughs> protein powder and like workout culture. Gym, and gym can laundry. And... Exactly, and I mean, I take multivitamins and like vitamin d because i don't go out in the sun ever and that's all i do but i know so many people who take like 10 supplements yeah my my mother takes vitamin d because she hasn't seen the sun since like 1975 um but other than that don't i don't really mess around with many vitamins uh i used to give my kids a flintstone vitamin and then the doctor was like no they're good they're good so now they just watch flintstones Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that checks out. The American way. Uh, exactly. Well, I feel like the American way is more supplements, more Flintstones, and less reading. I thought that was the American way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're also vaccinated, so. <laughs> That's not the American way. Exactly. I'm going to get American Damn it. <laughs> Woo! Oh, also, we got to cut that. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, we're not going to get a sponsorship, but we're telling people we're uh, vaccinated. <laughs> We're just, Joe Rogan. Exactly. I think that answers the why is we. We're vaccinated. I think that says it all right we're there. We're alive because we're vaccinated. Get vaccinated, <laughs> everybody. Jesus Christ. And we didn't have enough friends in high school, so we played D&D. Let's get started. Yeah. Uh, first up in the news, let's talk about the D&D movie finally happening. Finished shooting in January, actually. So if you don't know, D&D really? is making several movies, several TV shows, but one is finished shooting. Uh, that's the one with Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, and a bunch of other people, uh, written by Sweets from Bones, if you've seen that one. 
Uh, yeah, weird. Weirdly enough, um, it sounds good. However, there's going to be a year's worth of post production. We're not going to see it until 2023 at least. Uh, so maybe a lot of dragon CGI. Maybe we're going to get some <laughs> druid circles. I mean, it is a fantasy show, so well, or based in a fantasy land with fantasy concepts. So yeah, that makes sense. You need a lot of magic. We want those magic missiles to look good, right? And CGI and yeah. monsters and things. If there's not a beholder, I will riot. <laughs> Did you ever see the old 1990s um, D&D movie? No, but no. I want I want to because I hear it's awful. It's got one <laughs> of the Wayne's kind of brothers. It. It's got yeah. um, the guy who played uh, Scar, uh, Jeremy oh, Irons. Jeremy Irons? Jeremy yeah, Irons Jeremy plays the Irons. bad guy, and he's the only person who knows what movie he's in, and he just like chews out the c- scenery. It's very, very oh fun. God. Um, the movie itself, not good. I would say bad, bad film. Love it. Watch <laughs> it at least once a year. Um, it was my introduction to D and D, which is pretty no, funny. Yes, was it? yes, it really was. I was Whoa. like, oh, I need more of this. And my dad thought, okay, instead of buying me a D and D rule book or, or anything like that, he bought the Tom Hanks film Mazes and Monsters, <laughs> which was basically <laughs> Christian propaganda. Have you covered Amazes and Monsters at all on the no. podcast? Okay, I, I really recommend you doing that because it is fascinating. It has to do kind of, it, it was in response really to the Satanic Panic. So whenever we do an episode on that covers more in depth what the Satanic Panic meant, we'll have to look into Amazes and Monsters. Please, please. please. Uh, Tom Hanks kills a lizard person in it who uh, <laughs> turns out to be a real person. Um oh. Because he was going mad from playing too much D and D. That's the premise. I mean, that film. is that is true. D and D has made us all crazier. I've killed several lizard people, but it's okay. They're lizard people, so what's the problem? You know, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, They're lizards. Is this the point where we find out your race is against lizard people? I, I maybe maybe if if it's the secret Illuminati lizard people that are secretly controlling the world and telling people that the world is round. You know, like if it's that, then yeah, definitely against them. You're the second person we've met who's racist against lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 again, sake, sake like posterity's sake, just so I can get out there. I do know the world is not flat. Sometimes when a, <laughs> when a, a white dude with the same beard as me says that, people are like, "Oh, he definitely believes that." I just want it to be known. I just want it to be known. I have a globe. You know, I think it's factually accurate. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got to mansplain yourself. I, I think I think that's the one thing I can mansplain, right? Is, is why I am. Why is we? Your it's one action. of the things. Why is we? Mansplain. That's why is we. <laughs> so are you two excited about the D&D movie at all? I am cautiously optimistic. Okay. Mostly because I, I haven't seen any other really like D&D type shows that are well i mean other than vox machina which recently came out um mm-hmm. but that's more about the stories that were told using D as a system which right. is what i love D for i love D as like a storytelling mechanic so if the movies that are coming out go in that direction just use D as like back setting and you know allude to the game and don't go too heavy-handed with certain like lore aspects and just kind of have it be a working back piece, I think they could be really good. And you let like characters and 
stuff shine more so because D is all about the characters in my opinion <laughs> um not about like i mean yeah it's about questing and having fun and stuff but like i love D as like the storytelling mechanic of it all so if they tell good stories using D and using the property like actually using wizards of the coast's owned property well i think it'd be great but I'm skeptical because I don't really know the plot of either of these movies. I don't know what they're doing with it. And I don't know if it's just going to be what I heard Warcraft was, because I never played World of Warcraft, which is just like a cluster of just references that not everybody's going to get. Warcraft was so heavy handed. It was, it was literally, it was like, here's a lore dump, the movie. Yeah. And that's, I get that that comes with the territory of fantasy. I totally get that. I've studied fantasy writing for years. I've written fantasy stuff. Like, I understand it comes with the territory, but there's a balance. It did and not I strike think, it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Like, I, I I wanted to see Warcraft, and they're just like, do you play World of Warcraft? I'm like, no. I'm like, don't watch it. I'm like, I mean, oh, all right. If you really like <laughs> sure. the thick, the thick, you know, um, the two C's thick uh, fantasy, we're like, here's 45 proper nouns. If that's your bag, oh Warcraft actually is a pretty fun film. Is it a good film? Arguably not. Um, mm. And you don't have to know Warcraft lore. It helps. Uh, but the yeah. D&D movie it seems like like they're using the Forgotten Realms. They're, they're diving in with it. The story follows one of the do-gooder thieves guilds. I, I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll find it here. And uh, one of their thieves goes to jail and... And they team up with their cellmate, which is Michelle Rodriguez. That's Chris Pine's character teams up with Michelle Rodriguez's barbarian to take down mm-hmm. the red wizards. Um, and cause they, you know, they have some extreme plot they're got to do, um, which right. in, in and of itself, I like that they're using the lore. I'm glad they're not trying to copy the idea of a party. Cause that's what Vox Machina does really well. Right. It is it, like when yeah. you watch that show, that's just people playing D and D and it's fun. And I think it really works. It definitely represents what I see at people's tables. However, with a yeah. movie, you can't, you can't copy that. I don't think it would be good. So I'm glad to see that they're not trying to necessarily do that. Um, they're just trying to tell a fun fantasy story in a really rich world. However, some of the stuff I've seen seems like maybe they're just like throwing, you know, star power at it. Yeah, I'm also worried about that too. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it's written by John Francis Daly, which I mentioned he's sweets on bones. He was also in Freaks and Geeks, if you've ever seen that show, classic. Um, but he's been playing D and D for like twenty years. And he's a very big fan, very good writer. So I do have hope that he understands what people would be wanting out of that world. And it also seems like they're taking the Star Trek route, not just because of Chris Pine, but with going, hey, you don't need to know all of the Forgotten Realms lore to have fun in this, right? Here's a wizard. He's bad. Here's a Thieves Guild. They're good. Here's a barbarian. She smashes shit. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go kill some monsters. So also, I, thank God but, they made the barbarian a woman. I, I mean, also Michelle Rodriguez. I, if she had a class, oh, yeah. it would be barbarian. I think she's one hundred percent that she yeah. does play a barbarian. Everybody too so far has played D and D. Chris Pine's not a huge fan, but he has played several times. So people are aware of the pedigree, I guess, of the stuff that yeah. they're dealing with. Um, yeah. But and yeah, I don't think like you could cast a, a grog type. I don't think you could do that with the movie. No. And like if they if they tried to be the traditional party structure, you don't have the amount of time you have in a show 
in a movie like movies are way more condensed so the less characters usually the better right yep. you just and you can't do that with like a bard you know a bard takes time to get used to and to to love their annoyingness like uh vox whoa 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 do not stereotype bards on this podcast <laughs> well I'm, I'm gonna talk about the trophy version of it right so you say you have the the charismatic bard that likes to have sex with things you see it at a lot of tables it's a trope however you can still flesh out that character to be entertaining and but it takes time right if you want to have a tropey character say it's the barbarian who's not intelligent that can still be an interesting character but it takes time so if if they're subverting tropes you can do that in a movie but if you're leaning into them you're gonna have a pretty surface level film like like i mentioned vox machina before they have a whole episode with their bard being the point of view character that showcases what they do as everybody else is doing the the real quest what are they doing with their free time to try to flesh out that character a little bit you don't have that in a two-hour runtime no, and I think it speaks more to like you know, in any media. Like I think Vox Machina, like you said, does it well. It has like it has a bunch of stereotypes for most, if not all, of the classes that are there. But because they have the time of a show, even if they're only like twenty-ish minute episodes, it still has the time to flush them out. But like just even in general, I'm just never a fan anymore because I'm just tired. <laughs> any like stereotypes of any sort of class because we've fair. seen it yeah and if if i were to see if one of these movies has a a bard who sleeps around i'm just automatically not gonna <laughs> like it i'm not even kidding like it's i'm so tired it's probably because bard's my favorite class i'm very i understand my bias okay i understand my and bias. you're and your bar definitely bars. very uh very buttoned up um not promiscuous <laughs> at all i don't play a bard in your campaign sir I play okay okay bar. let's talk about the bard in the game that you do play very buttoned up very uh very sheltered buttoned up sheltered yes buttoned up no <laughs> um <laughs> But that's mostly because it's just way more fun to push boundaries and stuff. She, I remember the first bard I ever played. She was a virgin. Nice. She was. She had a very tragic backstory. Locked up in a tower, was tortured the whole shebang. As <laughs> as used, one has to be to be a PC. As one has in to D &D. be. And her whole thing was she used music to survive, basically. Not, And she was cut off from her magic, so it was even like she didn't even use her music her music to use magic. She used her music to stay alive. Mm. And that was the biggest thing. And I wanted to explore the juxtaposition of, like, using a bard and using, like, the tragic backstory of, let's say, a rogue or somebody who usually, quote, stereotypically, unquote, has a tragic backstory. And I wanted to, like smush those things together and then sometimes you know like i leaned more into not really being a whorish kind of character but just kind of <laughs> leaning into her just like part of her arc was like her discovering her sexuality more so than like her just whoring around she got married she's yeah. only had sex with her husband which is like, also <laughs> like a completely reasonable thing for a young character to explore you know you, yeah. you only get labeled a whore if you're a female character which is dumb and also 100%. not fair to you know a lot of people play 20 something characters i don't mean to generalize everybody i, I play an old man in the game but uh <laughs> a lot of them are 20 somethings with like every 20 somethings trying to figure out who they want to fuck like that's just that's, yeah. that's something you do <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not just a bar. It's thing. not just it's a bar. Whenever thing. you, whenever you play a character that's in that certain age group, you can explore that, or you don't have to if you don't want to. It's also just a high to, charisma yeah. thing, right? Like, uh, who's gonna, mm-hmm. who's gonna get laid more? The person who can talk and say the, the cool thing, or the person who smashes boxes. It could be both. Also, sometimes you sometimes you smash both. boxes because you can talk well. All right, let's say, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, back to the movie. Um, um, I I think it could be interesting. I have faith in the pedigree. I am a little bit nervous. Um, you know, this is coming from the higher ups at Hasbro, really, because Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. If you don't know, the same people that make Transformers toys and the movies make the D and D stuff. Um, it's that's they're pretty siloed off. However, their movie department is not. So All Spark Entertainment is gonna have a hand in this. Those are the people that make those really bad Transformers oh, films. Oh shit! Um, and to be fair, they've made some okay ones. Bumblebee was fine. The first Transformers movie was okay. Um, and there's a general different people like it being involved with this and also you need really good effects that's one thing that you can say about all those films is the effects are worth the money so i think that there's a chance that this is fun especially if they let more wizards people get involved and people that care about the setting um and also maybe fix some shit because there's some fucked up stuff as you know if you've listened to the slavonic trolls about the setting still somehow in 2022 <laughs> uh caught drought um um <coughs> drow, every, uh, every uh, female character period uh <coughs> uh sorry guys uh, uh my uh thing, my throat needed to be cleared the thing that annoys me though is that there's this weird boom around fantasy series and tv shows so you had game of thrones which you know became this like blockbuster tv show that no, never heard of it now compares every <laughs> single fantasy movie to and right tv show the too. next game of thrones then, oh god i fucking hate that and then, because for some reason we're we've run out of ideas for new shit for entertainment now we're just remaking books into tv series and we're remaking games into (laughs) shows and like and it's it's all of this sudden like interest in the fantasy genre and for me because i like the original content usually i'm just afraid that it's not gonna live up to what the original content is so like i recently watched the wheel of time series Ugh, and man it's it's like, fine it's, it's a decent it's show yeah. but does it live up to ex- the no. book you know? not even a little bit and man have yeah, they ruined so, you know speaking like they try like that, very you know? hard and then we have the new lord of the rings tv series and now they're making a new lord of the rings movie as well and it's all of this like remakes of remakes and new content and sequels and prequels and but can they do it well is the question and i'm not sure that i believe that they can i mean i agree with that convinced that it will be good and that scares me however i think you have a better chance if you're not outright adapting one single story rather than using a setting so when you look at something like the mandalorian right mandalorian wasn't trying to remake any star wars movies let's place it somewhere else follow a new character and when you get into something like the new lord of the rings show i think that's the best thing you can do instead of trying to remake the movies or tell another story granularly like they did with the stupid ass uh, hobbit movies um this one's going hey what if we put it in a different time period introduce some characters 
characters you know, some you don't, do our own thing. I think that's where you can get into good adaptation territory. Wheel of Time is trying to follow one of the most intricate and um, (laughs) expansive stories ever told in books um, (laughs) on an Amazon budget. (laughs) (laughs) And they've done nothing but butcher every female character and every character that's not the one really boring white guy who was written as a really boring white guy on purpose. Um, and he still sucks on the show. So, I, <laughs> so it just says a lot that with this D and D show, they're not like you know adapting one of our favorite adventures. This isn't trying to be um one of the specific books. This is hey, what if we tell an original story in this setting? Um, yeah. and so I have a little bit more hope for things like that. If we're gonna adapt it, if we're gonna tell it, and that's that's the beauty of D and D. I would argue that even though I love the Forgotten Realms books, Ari Salvatore specifically. Um, I love some of those stories. The best stories that come out of D and D are the ones you get at the table, right? Yeah, it's exactly. your own bespoke original ones. So and them telling I an think, original tale is the best idea. Go ahead, Jack. I think just kind of to add another <laughs> layer to it. Um, I was taught. I'm gonna put on my adjust my glasses here in <laughs> writing school. Um, can we, I think we need to do a shot every time she mentions, uh, her writing degree, Lisa, what do you think? And if she mentions both of them, we got to do a double before the end of the episode. Oh man, we're going to be fucking plowed. Just trashed. So in writing school, um, (laughs) or specifically there was a guest speaker that came in during my undergrad. And one of the things that I really took away from, like we read a short story and then he gave kind of like a craft talk afterward. And one of the things that I took from it was the setting of your story is just as much of a character as any other character in your story. So the Forgotten Realms is a character that is being adapted is how I'm looking at it because of that, basically. And I understand that I might not be the only one who thinks this, but the Forgotten Realms I've never heard people refer to New York City as one of the characters in their plays. I've never... (laughs) Never. New York City is a character. (laughs) For me, that does make sense because it's... It's you're bringing in the vibe of the story and the city. So it's mm-hmm. how you're you're personifying the city as. So is it like medieval England? Is it dark? Is it broody? Is it Jack mm-hmm. the Ripper vibe? So everybody gets killed if you go into, you know, the streets. Or is it steampunk and then it's all cool and machines and so in that way I do understand because you're personifying the city as a sort of being because mm-hmm. cities are living being things they mm-hmm. and they have aesthetics and they have a feel to them and that's what you have to because movies and tv shows are visual mediums you have to make the visuals pers- like show what you're personifying it as the problem i think with the D movie is unless like what is the personification of you know the forgotten realm so that's gonna be the difficult part is how do you show that do you use tropes Mm -hmm. is are the tropes gonna be good are people gonna hate tropes are you gonna do something something similar or are you gonna try to be original like how Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure for something that so many people love to try and do that and then how it all works together and then there's a story element and yeah I think really that's all part they of have the to issue. focus. Go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, all they have to focus on is the really the only thing that they need to quote be true to, I think, is one the Forgotten Realm setting because so many people are familiar with it, and then two, I think, the spirit of what D and D is, which is the stories that you tell 
within that setting. So if you have the good setting, if you set the groundwork, if you make it feel like a moving world without that exists without the characters in it, like it succeeded at least in part with capturing kind of the spirit of D&D. Now, is the story they tell within that world going to be good? I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see when it comes out. But yeah, there's just a lot more layers to think about or not even really that much more. Just like it's a different way to approach an adaptation, like Terry was saying. It's like it's it's a completely different ball game adapting like a game and a setting rather than like another Tolkien right, adaptation. Right. It, you have that blank canvas. And that's where I think mm-hmm. that's why I do have hope is because you can tell lots of different stories in the Forgotten Realms. And also, you know, I've never seen anyone's Forgotten Realms be the same as anybody else's Forgotten Realms. Yeah, Even if you play exactly. rules as written, you do some weird shit. Your goblins all have this voice. Your orcs talk like this. You don't put druid NPCs because you don't know a lot about plants. You know, everybody has sure. a thing at their table because it's an adaptation when you do it. Um, so, mm-hmm. I think that can both be a, a, a you know a positive for this is they can do their own thing, but I also think it's a negative in that people are going to be critical about this because it's not their version of D and D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No matter what they come up with. And I think that mm. might be the real downfall. It's similar like when they adapt something like Power Rangers to movies or honestly, let's go with Star Wars as a better example. Star Wars means something different to everybody and especially different generations. D&D is a similar beast. So even if this is a great film, you know, hard stop, like something like uh, The Last Jedi reviewed very critically, uh, very well. People who got paid to review that liked it. A lot of people who don't get paid to critically review things didn't and were very vocal about it. And I think I love The Last Jedi. It's it's one of my favorites. Um, (laughs) uh, So there you go. But uh, I think. Oh, wait, no, wait. The Last Jedi is the middle one. Yes, it's episode eight. Okay, then yeah, I love The Last Jedi. I hate The Rise Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Same. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker is trash. Last Jedi is great. I I love The Last Jedi. But but, uh, also, we've been paid to review things. So I think that. That says something not right there. that movie specifically. No, no. But what I'm saying is, like, still, like, we look at things with that critical eye, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but I think something like this movie, we might even enjoy it because we know that D and D can be anything. We've all played in lots of different games. Uh, well, me and Char have. Lissa, you're getting there, right? <laughs> you're starting <laughs> yeah, to see sure, yeah. like the myriad possibilities of a D and D table. It's not always the same thing, so we're more open to it. I would argue that there's some people that have been playing D&D for 30 years the same way, you know, like the exact same type of game. The goblins are the bad guys. The the pe- the heroes of the tavern are the good guys and so on and so forth. So even if they subvert tropes and we're like, wow, this isn't what I was expecting. We love it. People are like, well, that's not hashtag not my D&D table, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. absolutely there's going to I can already see it because this is coming out in a time when fifth edition is the standard and they might be, ta- I mean, the guy who's writing it, like you said, has a lot of experience with D and D. So maybe he will bring in stuff from other, you know, but how people view D and D now and coming into D and D now is quote more progressive and more quote woke. <laughs> so they, the mo I mean, they, they kind of fucked themselves over with the old grognards as soon as they said, we're going to have a female barbarian. I was going like, to say they that. They already lost them. Do they you think that's why them. they cast Michelle Rodriguez? I mean, obviously she loves D and D. So there's that part of it. And she's, she's fun to see on the screen. Like, uh, she's a fun presence in fast and furious and a lot of other films. 
and she's a good actress. So you can say that like there's there's those things too. But do you think like having somebody who you would be mad like you have these like you know these fanboys you're gonna throw a fit because there's a girl as a barbarian she's not strong enough to carry that sword that bullshit how come she how come her tits aren't out you know that kind of thing her armor covers too much etc although barbarians Mm -hmm. don't really wear armor so i get my point anyways (laughs) do you think by casting somebody who is an action star and those type of people have gotten used to not throwing a fit about. Do you think that's part of it? They're like, well, they're going to throw a fit that it's a girl. If we cast Michelle Rodriguez, it'll at least help nullify some of it. I think everything in Hollywood is intentional. So, sure. yeah, they probably, it was probably very, very intentional casting. For yeah, sure. because I mean, no one throws a fit when she fights somebody in Fast and Furious as a girl. Yeah, so I think they're, now they're going to be expecting something like, Lara Croft Tomb Raider movies, you know, hot woman on screen kicking ass, just you know. For the I mean, I'm all for that. Like the, everything you said sounds good, um, <laughs> minus Lara Croft. I'm not a big fan of Lara Croft herself, um, but like Michelle Rodriguez kicking ass is a fun part of Fast and Furious, so I'm completely fine with that. Plus, her rage face in those films, I think, is perfect for a barbarian. Um, so I think there's some other parts of her casting that work well. I just, I'm cur- I was just curious if like, well, let's, uh, let's mitigate some of this factor. Cause we wrote this female barbarian character and people are going to throw fits, even though you open up a Pathfinder book. Uh, I don't know if that's blasphemous for this crowd. Um, the, the art for a barbarian is a woman. So we love to see it. Yeah. Also five ye, the awesome. art for barbarian class is also a half orc woman. There you go. I or, wonder, I mean, that's something I don't anyway. know. Do you think these, like, how much prosthetics do you think we're going to see on these people? Uh, do you think Michelle Rodriguez is playing a human barbarian? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know how much they're going to play with prosthetics and races. Um, I'm sure Chris Pine being, like, the like the the connection to that guild, like, the, the good guy, thief hero type thing they're probably gonna put chris pine in no prosthetics no uh, prosthetics edgy robe you gotta, you gotta have the main character is somebody relatable so it's probably gonna be a human you know they've been mm-hmm. saying that for years but i watched mandalorian i didn't see pedro pascal for like 13 hours and i loved it um i don't have to see sure. someone's face to connect with it however i know i'm in the minority most people they're like oh, i thought a human face kill it with fire yeah, I I think Chris Pine's going to be himself, Michelle Rodriguez. I want her to be herself, but I think maybe the easy, I hate saying this, the quote easy way to go is to make her a half-orc because half-orc barbarians are pretty common in D&D mm-hmm. from what I understand or, you know, bigger races. What'd you say? It's a trope that's easy to understand as even yeah. somebody who doesn't play D&D. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen it before. We're gonna see it again. So yeah, to get the vibe of what's going on in the D and D universe, like oh, that makes sense because half barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, that also too mitigates the 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 crappy you know misogynistic people who are like, oh, that's why she's strong enough to carry that sword. She's a half orc. Yeah, it's again subverting <laughs> any sort of criticism they get. Even though you can have an elf barbarian, literally no problem. Listen, like it I've is, never you can understood. Do whatever you want. So a a dude can play the fantasy game. And go, oh, dragons make sense, but a girl holding a sword? Nah, nah, impossible. No, no. <laughs> never. That's, 
that's too much fantasy for me. That like crosses the line of like too much. It makes no sense. I mean, they had the strength caps in AD and D, so it was literally written in the rules that some women couldn't hold fucking swords. AD and D hurts so my feelings still to this day, and I wish I could say just because of how shitty it was to many different types of people. It's mostly Thacko, though, if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that fucking chart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much. We've never really looked into Thacko, so, like, we no, don't we know <laughs> much about how it works, but I've heard through the grapevine so many times, just either you are super for it, and that's what you learned on, and that's what you understand, everything else is super watered down, or you learned, like, 2E until 5E, and you just you can't understand a word of it and it's too confusing i mean like i probably fall closer into that camp i've played every version of D D, um and i've liked different parts of all of them uh but two hit armor class zero is the stupidest shit i've ever seen um it doesn't even translate logically to like immersion it, it basically no. it makes it so like if you have bigger armor you, they miss you more is really what it translates to which is real stupid um yeah, doesn't make any weird. sense i like the current ac if we have to boil everything down to one number like ac does um yeah i think it works well it kind of uh shows the illusion of absorbing damage which is what armor does yeah like when you hit somebody like whenever i describe it to my players when i dm is if they hit the i'm i'm a bit mean at higher levels when they hit the ac they don't hit them they have to beat the ac okay so usually a lot of people don't use that I've heard, but like I make it like making it a bit harder because I have players in my group who are supernaturally good rollers. Mm. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to make it a bit harder just because I know that for some reason, and it's not even like they're not cheating. I've seen them roll. Like they just are one of those people that have ridiculously good luck. And I'm like, Oh, let's put you know, an extra challenge. And whenever they hit the AC, I describe like, Oh, your sword hits your spell hits, but you hear a clink against the armor. And that's 100%. how I let players know that that's their ac and they just need to beat that by one number and i hope we get some sort of representation just to get to the fun aspects to this because i know we've been kind of critical and curious about the <laughs> movie stuff i hope we get some cool references like that that's one of my favorite parts of watching vox machina because while yeah. I, I do like the story it's a little bit goofier for my taste for what i want for some of my uh my watching taste it's a half an hour animated show it's 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 gonna be goofy sometimes um, but it, it does the D and D thing where you got really goofy moments right next to extremely serious ones. But one of my favorite things is you can tell when they were writing that, when they rolled a one and when they rolled a 20. And I think that's a yeah. really fun aspect of that show. Like they're, well, we go to open the door, but you rolled a one. So like, you know, your lock pick breaks or you rolled a 20. So you see this really amazing move that doesn't relate to any sort of spell someone could cast in D and D. And I think that's a really fun aspect of that show. I hope it can capture that in a movie form. So too, but like, I'm kind of, I, I don't think, well, I, then again, I can't really pass any judgment because we don't know what the tone of these movies are going to be yet, yeah. but I can tell you what they I'm plan just, on it being. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that it's going to be dark and gritty all the time. And I don't want that because D and D, like you said, it's so like, it, it's such, you can go from like pissing yourself laughing to like having a very serious conversation with another character another npc in like the drop of a hat you know like yeah. that's part of what makes it so interesting to me personally yeah. so if they and i'm worried only because and i i mean i'm sure you you know what the mood might be so i might this might be displaced but or misplaced but 
with all the dark and gritty reboots, like all of the stupid DC, let's just make everybody miserable all the time stuff mm-hmm. and not lean into the fun superhero stuff anymore. I'm just, I hate that. It's one so of the reasons why much. I like Marvel movies more than DC. So DC, like people throw a lot of fits when they're like, oh, that superhero killed that person. Listen, if you're trying to make it a more real world aspect, people are going to die that you can't, you can't punch a man with super strength and have him get up all the time. It's just not a possibility. However, the difference being Marvel never says Captain America doesn't kill people. It's just like they try to paint it in a a colonial type way, but, but still like (laughs) this needed to happen kind of thing. Whereas in where in Batman, they're like, Oh, by the way, Robin carried a spear. I'm like, well, okay, so we're <laughs> we're we're hitting Solid. a different kind of tone uh, than I think. So with this, um, it's they're say, they're saying they want it to be a comedic uh, fantasy adventure film, so Thank something God. closer to Good. like an Indiana Jones type vibe. Great, um, yeah, Indiana Jones would be a great tone to go for. Yeah, Just like going fun, on an adventure, serious, funny. Yeah, going on an event like yeah. Indiana is an adventure. Yeah, so if they're going for that. Thank God, because the last thing I want is a gritty like D and D movie, because that just <laughs> would not fit at all. And that's like, what Warcraft yeah. was. Warcraft like jumps right in. They're like, "Hey, there's the civil war. There are slaves. There's an oppressed people," which is a good story to tell. But you're also sure. dropping wizards and Pegasus and and here's a Griffin. This is why it matters and its lineage. And I'm like, listen, this is too much for people to fucking grasp <laughs> onto. People are not going to dig this. And if they can jump in and just go, this, you're along for the ride, sometimes the bad guys that they're going to be shooting are dragons. Like, if you can do that and not make people think too hard, and if you want to learn more about the lore, you can jump into it. Um, yeah. I think that could go well. I'll read the summary for you right here. This is as reported by CBR.com. I recommend them if you want some no-nonsense D&D news as well as comic book stuff. Um, the summary states that it will be about an ex Harper turned thief. So Harpers are kind of like this, like do good heroes guild that work from the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. the listener, I don't know if you two have played them in any of your games. They pop up a no. lot in cities like Baldur's no. Gate and Waterdeep. Um, uh, that's presumably played by Pine, who escapes from prison with his female barbarian Rodriguez, who also says uh, there's going to be a druid involved, a no talent wizard. And that'll kind of round out the party. And they're trying to get revenge on a con man, played by Hugh Grant, which I think is a good Hugh Grant is in this? Yes, yes. Shut up! Oh my god, I love Hugh Grant. And so they use the group's heist money uh, to install himself as Lord of Neverwinter and has a shady connection with the Red Wizards that I mentioned before, which is why it ties Mm. into the larger um, uh, Harper, uh, like, so i think there's gonna be a small mm-hmm. story with let's get revenge on this guy that fucked us all over and the big Good. story which yeah. is he's working with someone who wants to you know invite tiamat to the world or whatever the fuck the red wizards are doing <laughs> they're always trying to sure. summon some shit like that's the thing that the red wizards Vecna. Um, just Vecna. Exa- yeah it could be uh, uh, maybe maybe it's as small as like they just want to bring a tarasque downtown i don't fucking know i think they i that gives me a lot well you reading that that gives me a lot more hope because that does sound like a, a good mixture like and also it sounds like a contained story yes they're so not I trying really... to go every single city you're not yeah, introducing don't... you know dritz yeah. and and four no, different realms exactly. and... Yeah. and not even that but like they're not trying to i mean i'm sure they will because we live in sequel culture i'm sure they'll <laughs> it'll sequel. get there it'll it's... get there no no, no. there's gonna be a expand. setup there will be a setup for a sequel there I, there's no ifs ands or ats about 
ifs, ands, or buts about it. However, if they do do that, hopefully it'll be at the end of the film, kind of like Back to the Future style, where like uh, you know, why you pick the best cliffhanger? People always mention like the the Marvel yeah. like stinger credits. No, no, no. The best cl- cliffhanger Which ever is, the- is when it's your kids, Marty. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. <laughs> to the future. And like. It's the best, but also the best thing about that is Back to the Future was never planned to be a trilogy, if you ever know anything about how they were made. Yeah, it was never planned to be a trilogy. It was just meant to be a standalone movie with kind of like a cliffhanger just because that's just you know leaving it i'm a big fan of open endings i think it's a really good writing choice if it's done well it was just good smart writing and then the first movie did so well and they're just like you know what we could try yeah they shot two and three at the same time like you know if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this right and they got you know the backing for it they had steven spielberg from the offset i mean it was gonna be You know, so they did it and they did it right and they capped it at three and then people asked them to make a fourth movie like in the early 90s and they're like, fuck you, no, absolutely not. Which respect because like if they ever made any Back to the Future movies, I would personally just combust because it's the best. It's the best. I mean, Zemeckis owns the rights and his estate says that they will never make more movies. So thank God. Universal owns like the distribution rights, but until Zemeckis' estate presumably when he dies um because steven spielberg mm. produced it but he doesn't own any of the rights to it it's also yep. mechas so um yep. until like one of his great grandkids are like i can make some money um but you're not going to get the tom holland robert donnie jr uh back to the future anytime soon but thank god <laughs> who wants that who i do wants that? i want it i, I don't think it'll I be don't. as good but i'd watch it i'm not really no no you can't tarnish my memories you know you can't make it worse. Hobbit sucked, right? The Hobbit. Well, I like the first one; it was okay. But two and three, with all the Silmarillion stuff, to- no, tossed the in. Hobbit was just ridiculous. Yeah, it, no, it was. But I just, I liked the honestly the riddle scene. You know, come to life was was pretty cool for me. Um, mm. But it didn't change how much I love the book. You know, it didn't make me go, oh, now I don't like Lord of the Rings. Like I, I, I didn't backtrack yeah. on any of that stuff. When Rise of Skywalker came out. I didn't like Empire Strikes Back less because that movie mm, sucked. Yeah. I still love Empire if, Strikes Back. If if like a sequel or a movie adaptation does poorly, usually it just makes you like the original source material more. Yeah, you long for something closer to that thing, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. But I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, you ruined my childhood. It's never been never been that. No, that's just stop being dramatic. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like And I don't think this I could understand. Do that. I don't. I yeah, don't think I under- this could be be a ruined D and D for us, right? I don't no. think we'd watch this and be like, "Oh fuck D and D now." I guess I play Cthulhu. No, whoever whoever has that kind of reaction, like you know what, you're entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's, people are allowed to be super wrong. People are allowed to be super wrong, and as long as they're not hurting anybody, just let them feel what they got to feel. You know, <laughs> like if this if they're writing their entire future on D and D and their relationship with D and D on this movie, just let them <laughs> let them <laughs> it's fine uh, but i think it'll be fun i i think if anything it'll be okay i i don't see this breaking minds however this leads me to the next thing that we were going to talk about we've gone on about this movie it's going to be the whole first episode probably which is fine great conversation um yeah. but this is not the only thing they have in store for the D universe they haven't said how much it's all going to tie together if it's even going to be the same setting but they're also making a show um that's got a uh, series order it's gonna be on peacock um Uh, yeah it doesn't engender a lot peacock is hit or miss with their original content 
Um, obviously, they have the but Halloween like, nobody sequel. Has, nobody but you has Peacock. I completely agree. I When I mentioned stuff that's on Peacock, people are like, it's on what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's what the office is now. You know? Yeah, Pe- yeah. I was gonna say, Lissa, do you? Yeah, Lissa doesn't like, know. What I don't. Is. I don't know what that is, and I don't know where I'm gonna be able to view it if anywhere, because that just doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard of. So, uh, Peacock is NBC's streaming platform. So all the shows that they own uh, ended up over there. What do so they own? Thirty Rock, The Office, things of that nature. Um, that Are Saturday Night Live. On... Are those still on UK Netflix? Because if they, you might just get it on Netflix. The Office, um, I don't think is anymore. I think that's only. Well, on no, Netflix. on UK, on UK Netflix, on UK, they don't have yeah, Peacock. They, I was watching The Office uh, last year. Um, that's when it left. So uh, at least for for America, I know it left in some territories. I don't know what it is for the UK. It's and either, I don't. I don't even know be... if uh, Peacock is available in the UK. It, it shouldn't be because Hulu isn't even available in the UK. Yeah, but so, but that's different because Disney has a different streaming service that they partnered with for most European countries other than Hulu. So and that's and a lot of stuff they just premiere on Disney Plus in other countries. So if, yeah, if it's Disney Plus is the Hulu version. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um but NBC either... specifically doesn't have partnerships with a lot of other um uh, a lot of other outlets. They they it's distribute either... some stuff on Netflix, yeah. but Yeah, Netflix, it would be the Netflix, it would be on Disney Plus, it would be on Sky TV for the UK. And Sky TV has a lot of stuff that doesn't end up on uh, Disney Plus, so is Peacock in the UK? Let's see what this gives me. It's not. I I know it's not going to be. How to watch uh, Peacock in the USA. Peacock is now available exclusively for Sky and Now customers in the UK. So it's uh, a bundle. Look at that. So Lisa can't watch it either (laughs) because I know Lisa doesn't have Sky. I don't have Sky. I can give you my Sky login. Um, You get some screeners (laughs) through it. Um, You got to watch so many ads for shit though. Um, Really? Yeah, I got a weird thing for uh, for a review like program I joined a few years ago for a different website. Um, (laughs) It's not great, (laughs) Uh, but it's free, so (laughs) take that. Free is good. Yeah, yeah. I get to see some really bad films early. Congratulations. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Great life. Privilege. Um, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, so with all that being said, like I said, they're making a show. I don't know what's tied to yet or what the pedigree is going to be. But on that note, Joe Manganello, one of the more famous D&D stands in Hollywood. Uh, you mm-hmm. might know him from uh, uh, Magic True Mike Blood? or Magic Mike Double XL or True Blood oh, as True the Blood, hunky yeah. True Blood. Or How I Met Your Mother oh as another lawyer other than Marshall. Oh right, he was on How I Met Your Mother. I always forget that. Yeah, he did a lot. Like that was like one of the first things I saw him in was that. Um, I first saw him in True Blood, and then I saw him in How I Met Your Mother. I yeah, think. he he played that that hunky dumb dude like the himbo really well back in the two thousand. We love a himbo. Love him, He's but he himbo. also has been playing D anD D for a very fucking long time, and has been trying right. to get the rights to make a D anD D film for a very very long time before Hasbro was like, "We're gonna do it ourselves." Um, and so when they finally moved forward with the Chris Pine project, he was like, "Hey guys, what the fuck." Um, they're like, hey, you know what? Why don't we also make your movie? Um, we have no news on that because presumably they were trying to get one done first. Uh, sure. The one thing I do know is he said it's still happening and they're eyeing 2023 to shoot. So maybe if the first yeah. one goes really well, they actually make that one. 
Uh, mm. The real question here is Chris Pine or Joe Manganiello? Yeah, because I I was under the impression for a while that the Chris Pine project was, was the, the Joe Manganiello Everybody was, project. Yeah. And he might show I didn't up. Know they were I could different. see him having a cameo as a character that might appear oh, in the, another sure. film. Mm. Because yeah. he, he's so passionate about it. He is. He has. Have you seen pictures or like video of his D and D basement? I have. It's so cool. Dude, and it, is cool. it looks amazing. And that's I why, like, I think it's an easy decision. There. I love Chris Pine and most things he in, even though he's in a bad film. Like, he's still a charismatic guy, at least to look at. Um, yeah, I love Chris Pine. Yeah. I think, I'm, I mean, I don't know much about. I'm a big story nerd. I don't. I know more about the Chris Pine story and the Chris Pine movie. Than yeah, I do about Joe Manganiello's jo- Joe Manganiello stuff. stuff. So I have to currently because I just know more. I have to go with Chris Pine stuff. I think because. I, uh, <laughs> but who would more. we rather look at on screen? Chris Cap- Pine, Captain Kirk, or whatever his name is from Two Flood. I can't think of. I guess he was Deathstroke in in the in the um, Chris Justice Pine. League movie. So yeah, Chris Pine is hotter than Joe Manganiello. I think it's about Pine. even for me. One's what much more buff. Like one could carry me, you know. And that's that's something. As <laughs> you just want to be yeah. I'm not traditionally attracted to men sexually, so it's like wh- I, when I look at it, like attractiveness. I'm like, what could they do? Could they hold me? You know, like that's something that I look for. And I, I think Chris Pine would be very humorous i think joe manganiello though would be there for me you know yeah. he would give you a nice hug yeah. i i honestly bear hug from joe manganiello i think is on the bucket list oh for sure the man is nine me, feet tall I, I think for me i would go with joe manganiello just because he has the experience of having played D behind him i'm not saying that the movie is going to be better because of that but i sort of trust in his vision of making his mm-hmm. movie and yeah. that's why i would side with him not not just because i mean he has both of them are hot that's sure sure honest. i don't think that's up for debate are, i think that's an objective truth at, but, right yeah but i would just go with with manganello just because of the experience and i would well, trust that he knows what he's doing i equate Chris it to henry Pine- cavill stuff Oh, Henry Cavill. Well, because it's like, you know, he's say... a nerdy guy. I, I'm excited whenever he's attached to a nerdy project because I know he gives a shit. Yeah. He does give a shit. But also, Chris Pine isn't writing or producing yeah, I know. the a, movie. Right. So it's not really a compar- fair comparison. That's why I'm comparing, like, the writer of with 20 years of experience versus Joe Manganiello. Well, just because cause Joe Manganiello, I feel like, has similar years of experience as the writer who is on the Chris Pine project. But we see more of, Chris, of uh, Joe Manganiello's passion because he's more in the public exactly. spotlight. And he has probably more monetary resources because actors usually traditionally get paid more. Yeah, and I could see him writers. doing a treatment on the script. I don't I, I don't see him yeah. doing the final scripting. He, he hasn't scripted much stuff as far as I'm aware but definitely right. producing credit, I think, is partly why it would be the second project, right? I don't think Chris Pine's a producer on the D&D movie. No. I no. think, yeah. I just, uh, it's just so hard to, like, choose because... I want to see them both. Why that. aren't we getting Joe Manganiello as the other barbarian in this film, right? Like, yeah. him and Rodriguez... Mm you know teaming up because now i want that or even better i would love i would love to see joe mangianello as like a caster or a traditional i was gonna say the the what's what did they how do they refer to that wizard um uh, no talent wizard i would love to see him as that i would Mm. love to see him as like a no talent wizard or like a 
I don't know, like a sorcerer, just something that isn't traditionally, like something with a really low AC. <laughs> traditionally buff. Let him get hit a little bit, you know? Let him get hit. I just want to <laughs> see him with a ripped up robe. Is that so much I, I think we're unlocking a kink for Char, and I think we should move on from this before we get too... <laughs> too deep into the discussion not that it's a discussion we, i don't want to have just maybe not for the first episode that's all listen listen you didn't mention elves okay <laughs> <laughs> listen can we refer <laughs> refer people to a specific episode you think that you uh dive deepest on that because it comes up quite often more often than you would think <laughs> on an edited well-researched podcast um i, what, I think i would episode? default I would default to Lissa because I usually don't even notice when I say something. And she's just like, shut up. It's like, stop. I, so I would default to Lissa on like what I mean, episodes that I'm the most unhinged. That- there's two things that Sharday will bring up at any and every opportunity <laughs> possible. It's either elves or it's Harry Potter, and it's one of the two. And it'll come up constantly, and she won't even try. It'll just pop up. It'll. It's not like she forces it, but it's just... You know how they say that the brain works with like neural pathways and then the most relevant things are like really strong pathways. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you retread those same paths. Talking often. about something else, yeah. or you could just talk about those two. And then it's just an automatic like screeching of the car as she takes the turn <laughs> to talk about health. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, how dare you? Second off, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I am. The thing I say most to my wife when she just describes me accurately and offensively, I say, first, where do you get off? And second, <laughs> I'll push you off here. Um, because I, I can't, we, we can't be having that, okay? You're, we know you're European. I know you're right. I know I started the slander against Char, but we can't have this, okay? I can't have you ganging up. I'm the only mm-hmm. other American on here. So <laughs> for that, it's oh, a no I for see. me, I dog. I see how it is. Yeah, I'm going Randy Jackson on this. I'm voting you off the island. I mixed way too many reality TV shows. Can you tell I don't watch reality TV? No, you really hide it super well, actually. It's the one thing. Survivor, American Idol, the same thing. uh, Yes, exactly the same. I think there was a little Shark Tank in there for me as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I haven't seen any of those. Nope, Um, same. So I guess then let's wrap this up here with our one more thing, our BS segment. Um, We'll call our topic of the show D&D the movie because we did not get That's it. That's all we did. <laughs> but I love it. That was an awesome conversation. And I think you're welcome is in order, right? Like, uh, obviously, great podcast. Oh, deal with it. Um, so much charisma in this chat. Terry. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of charisma coming off me. Thank you. I'm glad that we can agree on this. So let's jump into the BS segment. That's right. Moving on. Can't argue with it. Um what have you been playing what have you been watching what do we want to talk about here who wants to go first i volunteer lissa as tribute yes <laughs> okay uh where do i start what have we been playing well uh recently Charday and i played a two shot it was supposed to be a one shot but it's a two shot of um i've seen it a Curse thousand of... times no not Chris of Strad, sorry um of what call of cthulhu call of cthulhu we actually we played it with uh, our friend uh, Megan from the D&D Book Club podcast, and she has the other one uh, about mountaineering. What's it called? Can't remember. Anyway. We love you, Megan. <laughs> remember your <laughs> <planning> <laughs> <your> podcast. <laughs> We're poo-brain. <laughs> Fine. 
yeah, that was fun. Sort of a, a horror story, except we are, or rather the three people that played it were not very in tune with our horror side, not taking it very <laughs> seriously. So uh, it, it was a, we had a, what, a magician, a journalist, and a skeptic walked into a, a haunted house, and then what happened? <laughs> was how I described the plot. It's uh, the worst joke so I've ever heard, but it sounds like a really fun game. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Guess um, who is who? Guess who is yeah. who? Who is the uh, magician? No, 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 Journalist. No, no, I'm not yeah, making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I learned a long time ago. You should not make assumptions about people in general. Definitely not Carrie. about women you want to talk to again. Um. <laughs> None of them were stereotyped. It's it doesn't fine. matter. That's a dangerous game for me to play, and I will lose. Coward. <laughs> yes. Coward. What, ab what about this set that, that I was brave? <laughs> I said I was confident. Two very distinct features. Um, I think that it was a trick question. You were both the skeptic. <laughs> Final no, answer. Actually. Fuck. Nope. <laughs> so, you got a half right. One of us was the skeptic. Yeah, see? Look at that. Hedge my bets. Wow. Is that all we're getting from Terry? Yes, yeah, yeah exactly, getting, yeah. Obviously. I love Call of Cthulhu. I'm so glad that you two are <clears> branching <throat> out and playing some other games. I've played a Call of Cthulhu game for the past five years. It's awesome. It's creepy. It's a really different experience than playing D&D, obviously. Um, not just because of setting or tone, but just like the game system. The D100 is awesome. The level up thing is extremely, you know, inspired. You only level up what you've attempted to do successfully because mm -hmm. you've gotten better at it. I think that's really cool. Um, the madness mechanic, I think, is hit or miss depending on the game that you're playing. If you want that Lovecraftian, you saw something scary, your character is insane now, it can work really well. I use Call of Cthulhu to run many mystery games that are slightly Lovecraftian, but are meant to be closer to true detective in, in tone. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I dull the madness mechanics back a little bit, but I am a big fan of the game. It's cool to see you two finally playing it. <laughs> Not at all bitter that we didn't play with you first. I mean, a little bitter, sure. Um, <laughs> will I use it as an excuse to force you to play with me? Definitely. Yep, no, I called that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Shar, what about you? What else have you been doing? Unless you also oh, want to talk man. about Call of Cthulhu. I mean, yeah, I did that. Um, I <laughs> That's really... a no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't really add much other than what Lissa said to that one. Um, just been playing my regular two D and D three three D and D games. I keep forgetting I'm in three, not two. Um, <laughs> weekly. And I, I mean, I guess I could talk about what I watched because I just binge watched a show on Netflix recently. Um, I watched the, uh, what is it? Uh, Inventing Anna, the one Ooh. about Anna Delvey. And I didn't it know good? it was, it was really good. I wasn't expecting to like it really because the trailers didn't really, I, I was familiar the with the story. I'd been, they were really bad for it. They just kind of made it seem like it was just going to be like a biopic of Anna Delvey. And I'm just like, ah, I'm not. I followed the story enough that I'm just you like, I don't the know news. if it's going to add anything. Yeah, you don't need to, new. to toss on Yeah, but I didn't realize it was produced by Shonda Rhimes. And mm. I'm just like, well, all right. That got me interested. Bring I in the drama. Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Oh, man, is it dramatic. It was really great. And I, it, it does say up front, you know, everything in the story is true except for the stuff that's made up. So they do embellish, I'm sure, quite a lot. I haven't, 
I just finished it last night. So I haven't watched any of those comparison videos yet of like what's different and like what stuff they got wrong. Cause I usually do that after I watch a show. So I don't spoil myself, but I watched it and it's super good. Just the way that it's, it's so cleverly set up. It's like, it has the, it uses flashbacks, but in a really, really clever way because flashbacks in any sort of medium are really hard to do well. It reminded me of the social network from Aaron Sorkin a little bit like how like Mm -hmm. it really intertwined the the flashbacks well um Mm -hmm. i want to see the exact same team tackle um that pharmaceutical ceo that pharma bro yes the the Uh. not no not not the not the one who raised the price on hiv medicine the the chick who created the fake blood testing technology oh yeah 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 oh oh my gosh what's her name i know exactly who you're talking about i want to see i want to see them tackle that one yeah exactly i want to see that Um, exact same team they they I don't think it's the same team, but they are. Hulu is doing a series on her. I, well, it's okay. not. Is it on her or is it just a similar character? The one with Amanda Seyfried? Yeah, the one with Amanda Seyfried. I thought it was just her because it's. It is very clearly the turtleneck alone. If it's not her, the they're, they're channeling her. Yeah, exactly. But I only saw the trailer for that one, um, and I don't even really remember it. Hence the reason why I can't tell if it was actually about her or just something similar. But we hope I, we can hope. You know. Um, we can hope. So, yeah, check that out. I, I also really like that one. I will recommend something on topic of RPGs. I played the Power Rangers and Transformers new RPG. Um, go check them out if you like Power Rangers or Transformers. Don't check them out if you don't like those two things. Um, <laughs> it's in the new D20 Essence system, uh, which is an interesting system and really fun to play. Uh, is it balanced? No. Um, it's the thing that I've always wanted out of something like this. So whenever people make a custom system, whether it, if, if it's just even remotely not D and D often they do a point by. So if you want to play superheroes, it's like, you can have any superhero possibility ever. We have all the powers. You just got to min max for 17 hours to make your character. And then no one will want to play the game with you anymore. Um, and this didn't do that. This just created classes just like in D and D. If you're going to be, uh, the yellow ranger, you're super fast and have, you know, roguelike tendencies. And when you level up, you level up on a specific track, just like you would leveling up a rogue in D and D, which is something I've always wanted. Um, and the essence system works with your skills instead of adding a flat rate. So instead of getting plus five, you would add a D eight to your roll. So you roll a d20 oh. and a d8, and then when you level that up, okay. it goes up to a d10, etc., and so forth. Kind of like sneak, kind of like a sneak attack, or exactly like, like that and stuff. But all the time, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I really, really like that. That was really fun to do. The crappy thing um, is, uh, you know, a double-edged sword. So, like I said, if you like Power Rangers, it captures the the spirit of Power Rangers really, really well. Um, you can get armor from your favorite season. You can get the the Zords. If you don't know what those are, the giant. Um, mecha that they pilot and crush kaiju with um they have lots of different stats for those however it really only fits the very first season of power rangers so if you like mighty Morphin power rangers you can inhabit the actual character from the show and nothing else so the classes aren't like you have the bruiser power ranger it's just the black ranger and you can't build a smart ranger you build a blue ranger the classes mm-hmm. are the the color spectrum: Different red colors. ranger, yeah. yellow, black, and that's not consistent with any other characters. Not even all the way through Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because they changed characters uh, halfway through that show. 
Um, yeah. So that part's a little silly. If you GM anything, it takes one step of customization. You build the yellow class, and you say it's orange. You say it's the Black Ranger. It's not fucking hard uh, hoop to jump through at all. Um, okay. But it's the other critique I would have is it's very much tied to we're going to sell more books. So there's not a lot of cre- uh, monster creation stuff in there because they're putting out a bestiary with custom monster rules, which they ended up putting out for free. Uh, not the full bestiary, but the rules to create monsters because people were like, hey, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but they did it. Uh, it's made by uh, Renegade Studios, who also makes the Power Rangers board game as well as the deck building game. Both very good board games. Um, and they care. It's just very clear they were trying to rush this out. Um, uh, uh, that's unfortunate. It really is. Uh, so many typos in this book. So many rules that oh, are clarified. No. Really, really bad uh. examples for stuff. Ugliest and most confusing tables I've ever seen. Um, no. Possible. Is it bad design? No. I think no. Lissa might die. Yeah, it, it bugs me really bad. However, if you can see past that, the rules are solid. Um, you're going to get annoyed. They're going to put out a second edition that fixes most of those issues. I recommend buying the PDF version for now. Um, so mm. when they put out that errata and the examples and update some of those ugly ass tables, you'll get that version. Um, if you get it in print right now, you're, you're not, um, if you bought it, um, originally, whether it was when it was kickstarted or when it first came out, you, you got both for free. Um, and that's not the case anymore, but so that stuff kind of stinks. Um, the Transformers is in the exact same D20 Essence system. However, because there's less, like, overlap and, like, the Power Rangers being similar, you know, it's just, you know, teenagers with attitude, um, the Transformers book's a lot better, has just as many typos, um, but the characters themselves feel more defined if you want to play, and it works just as well. I think it's a fun system, so I recommend both if you're fans of those things, uh, if not, you don't need to buy the Power Rangers or Transformers book. You're not getting a lot. There's some interesting rules if you need a D20 adjacent thing for, like, giant robots. Because, you know, obviously those both deal with giant robots. So if you want to toss giant robots into your D&D game, you might find some mechanics that you can crib there. But other than that, uh, I don't know if I would say go buy it right now. Um, they're also making a G.I. Joe book. Um, but that one's taking a little bit longer, presumably because they put both of these books out before they were finished at the same time, and people were mad. So maybe they're gonna hold off on GI Joe for a little bit. Um, I don't give a fuck about GI Joe, really, but I no. would play it because Ooh. I'll play any D and D game or RPG <laughs> rather. So yeah, that's my BS. One more thing. Um, let's talk plugs. Charday, what are you doing? What do you want to tell the people? Where can they find you? Oh, um, I am just basically doing stuff for Slovenly Trolls. So follow us on Twitter at Slovenly Trolls. It's a good time. Uh, we were just on the Three Black Halflings, which is insane. You should listen to that. I think the episode's called Everything is Still on Fire. It is, and that can be found on the HeadGum Network or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you also were interviewed by Women of D&D uh let's talk about that uh how come that doesn't get mentioned that was fucking awesome um yeah one of the best twitter accounts you can find on the internet well at least our side i don't know about other uh non-english speaking things they might have some really cool shit sorry um (laughs) (laughs) but i wouldn't know about it um that's where i stole your nickname feminist fact checkers from um i was uh i was making fun of lissa last night about it so uh, that's at women of DND, no ampersand, because you don't put ampersands and names on Twitter, you dummy. 
Um, speaking of ampersands, not at all, you can support us over on can'tbekilledcreations.com or head to patreon.com slash can'tbekilledcreations. If you love the Slovenly Trolls, now if you like the Cave Trolls, you can check out all of that there with the bonus content. Lissa, where can we find you and what are you doing? Uh, well, I run the Instagram of the Slovenly Trolls podcast. So if you like visual content, uh, I'll be there. And I do have a Twitter handle if you really must get in contact with me. Um, I don't really post <laughs> if anything. You must, if you must. Oh my if you God. must find me somewhere, uh, it's at, it's Lissa Bish. So Lissa, L-Y-S-S-A, Bish, B-I-S-H on Twitter. Love it. Um, you can find me in all the similar places. Uh, again, campykillcreations.com has all of the other podcasts for the network, including some of my comic books. My first full release comic book is out right now, Growing Up. Search Growing Up Campy Kill Creations or Growing Up T.S. Luther. That's my pen name. You can find it there. You can buy it, buy it wherever you buy comics digitally. Uh, you can't buy it physically because I am cheap and could not afford to print it. Um, if you like me and my voice on podcasting, which we both know you don't, uh, but if you do, you can check out me and Chelsea over on the right in the feels podcast, where we talk about all sorts of nostalgic stuff. If you really want to hear two grown people reminisce about Tamagotchis and, uh, boy meets world, you can check us out over there, wherever podcasts are found. Um, finally, I'm going to put in a little plug here for our new Gmail um and our twitter and instagram handles for this show um because i don't know what they are yet because if you don't know we're recording this in secret um so if you hear this in the future hello from the past um that's all i have do you two have anything else to add before i let the good people go uh don't be dicks (laughs) don't be a dick yeah don't don't be a dick dick. godspeed in that endeavor (laughs) this has been the cave trolls and we are out